the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections, brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where diversity and opportunity are one. From education to employment, entrepreneurship to innovation, this program is your weekly connection to the latest trends and opportunities taking place all across Silicon Valley. Host Carl Davis Jr. talks to the rock stars of Silicon Valley and offers you engaging interviews and insights from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed business leaders, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to help you stay connected. Now, here's your host, Carl Davis Jr. Hi, I'm Carl Davis Jr., and I'm the president of the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, and we're going to do our show called Silicon Valley Business Connection. Not connections, connection. And our guest for today is Mr. Aubrey Stone, who's the president of the California State Black Chamber of Commerce. Aubrey, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Carl. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> well, I want to jump right into some uh, some meaty stuff, Aubrey, because I know you got a lot of information that you could share, and our listeners would love to hear this. Uh, but before we get into what you do at the Chamber, Aubrey, and I just want to ask you a question, Aubrey. Give us a little background of who you are and how you got to be the Chamber President of the California State Black Chamber and the Chairman, that's right, of the U.S. Black Chamber. Well, uh, you know, I'll give the abridged version, but... Uh Hopefully you'll have me back on the show when there's some more time allocated. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's simply one of those things that, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to put anybody in a spiritual bag, but you don't know where God is going to take you. Amen. You have an agenda. Um, you know, I did uh, a lot of time, retired from the military, and then I wanted to go into financial services. So, you know, that's what I did. I followed that dream. And, um, you know, it's pretty much laid out, Carl, uh, you know, making, you know, a quarter million, 300,000 and, you know, buying <laughs> property in Mexico and the Caribbean and, you know, 55 be done and out of the rat race and doing what I want to do and trying to stay healthy. And, uh, you know, God had another plan. Amen. But with that said, uh, cut to the chase, uh, you know, got involved at the local level, which I would encourage everybody to do first. Mm-hmm. And learn the rudiments of, you know, what chambers are, what they do, and how they affect the community economically. And then um, a group of us got together back in 91 and and tied the state together to the state chamber, and they asked me to be the leader. And um, that was a six-month obligation that has extended to 22 years. So, again, <laughs> it's one of those things where you don't know where God is going to lead you. Uh-huh. But, uh, and quite honestly, in uh, 2007, uh you know, with Obama in office, and uh, we were looking at the national scene, and we felt it necessary to have a, uh, a national arm, mm-hmm. and we created a U.S. Black Chamber. As a matter of fact, I'm sorry for the delay getting on the phone, because I was on the phone with them uh, for the last hour and a half or so, and very interestingly enough, we were talking about uh, African Americans and people of color having access to capital. And, you know, we talk about it and talk about it and everybody complains about it. And But uh, we've come up with a solution 
And I hope that uh, Silicon will be part of that team that's part of the answer. And we've created a, uh, a black credit card mm. Mm. that's extremely competitive mm-hmm. and that uh, utilizing a black bank mm-hmm. as, the, uh, as the foundation uh, organization of it. And backed by Visa, so you know you're not you know you're not dealing with uh, some gypsy operation mm-hmm. where you don't know you know where my money is. But one of the things that was really really exciting, you know, I'm sorry to say that uh, you know with all the hoopah, you know, with Wells and the and the uh, yeah. fake accounts and all that stuff, you know, people are trying to send a message, and the one way to send a message is uh, a consideration of balance transfers. Mm-hmm. Not only from the standpoint of of, of a valid uh, protest to put uh, your credit line in another institution, but put it into an African American owned and operated institution, and there's no fee to transfer that balance uh, that that line. So uh, it's a great thing, and and the and the, uh, and the interest rate is very very competitive, nine point nine percent. And it's just a good thing. So all around, we're we're moving forward, uh, always on the trying to be on the cutting edge of how we engage African American and uh, and people of color into the marketplace. Understanding that America is a capitalist environment, and if you're not in that uh, arena, then you're pretty much on the outside, just knocking on the door. So with <laughs> that, uh, we go to the next question. <laughs> well, you know, I wanted to say something about it because uh, the president of the U.S. Black Chamber of Commerce. I think he's somebody from out this way, isn't he, Aubrey? Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, he was uh, uh, just uh, an outstanding, uh, successful businessman and multi-million dollar janitorial service uh, in the Bay Area and uh, moved to Phoenix and uh, opened up the operation there and was very successful and the, uh, running the chamber there. And, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, that, uh, you know, you know when you do something and God's hand is involved yep. in it because you can't plan it out because, uh, you know, we had we had one silver bullet to do this uh, Washington, D.C. piece, mm-hmm. and it had to be the right person at the right time for all the right reasons. And and uh, we chose uh, Mr. Ron Busby out of Phoenix, Arizona, and he hasn't looked back. And right now we have the uh, privilege of being respected from the uh, White House all the way down. Um, and it, it's quite a, it's quite an achievement in a short period of time. And I'm, I'm glad you said that about the White House, because, uh, you know, as a Silicon Valley Black Chamber president, once a year we go back to Washington, D.C., for our training and one of the highlights and I love this is we actually go to the White House and we're sitting in the rooms where they hold the press conferences I mean and just to have that experience is I mean that uh, that's powerful Audrey so I've always appreciated that well you know it's it's, it's just a value-added service um, part of our, our goal and agenda is to provide as much exposure for people to be successful as we can so on that trip, you know, that's not a photo op. Mm-hmm. We don't care about photos, but we do want to, it is, it is very much exciting uh, to be in the room and be briefed by uh, Valerie Jarrett and people at that statue, uh, senior advisors to the president, and then having all the uh, major agencies uh, come in and brief us on the opportunities, whether it's Department of Commerce, Department of Transportation, HUD, 
uh, and all the other affiliate agencies to come in and talk about opportunities. So, you know, just as a plug, I, I would very much hope that uh, as we get ready to do this in May 2017, that everybody plugs in uh, to call. And, you know, if you got a budget for it, then budget for it. But, uh, you know, you can't do business where you're not where business is being done, man. Man, boy, that's it. Boy, that's And, Aubrey, you just said it so clearly there. You know, one of the things that we're always trying to do as chamber presidents is, you know, you use the term value add. You know, we want to make sure that the value of our membership is is something that uh, that people would you know, want to be a part of the chamber for the things that we could do for them. Aubrey, as you look at that and the experience you've had, you know, when you when you talk to local chambers or local business people, like we just did a workshop together up in Oakland, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. tell, tell a little bit about the value add that you see by connecting with the chamber, what opportunities that people can have. Well, you know, sometimes uh, we denigrate our uh, what we bring to the table, but in fact, uh, with, with the majority, you know, population, mm-hmm. you know, just to be able to sit down with your your respective president of your local organization and have them give you guidance and direction, you know, that really falls into the area of a consultation. Mm-hmm. And you know, I and I deal with a lot of lawyers, and they charge as much as three hundred dollars an hour, you know, for that conversation. So, you know, I don't know what you pay in Silicon Valley for your annual membership, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that two or three meetings with you with more that alone would more than justify mm-hmm. uh the cost of the membership and but then but then over and beyond that is 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 an example of the the training that we conducted uh last week uh up in the, up in the bay area and and uh, to expose people on how the process works yeah you know everybody got basic knowledge some people don't you know, have all the pieces, but they have basic knowledge. But one of the things that we truly lack is a total understanding of the process. Everything is a process. Yeah. You know, uh, yes, I'm trying to deal with a prime in this case of the training, but who is this prime? How do I get to know this prime? How do I interact with this prime? Yeah. What are the goals and objectives of the prime? What are my goals and objectives as a sub? And and these are things that you've got to learn in order not to misstep, because I can tell you for a fact, call that people of color, uh, once they get in that uh, thin altitude, that you only really got one shot. And, yeah. You know, you really got to put your best foot forward and um, make sure that you're considered as a viable business that uh, these people respect and want to do business with on an ongoing basis. Man, that is so key, Aubrey. In the in the last little about a minute and a half that we have, you know, you were talking about relationships because you and I know relationships mean everything. You know, um, years mm-hmm. ago we had challenges, and we still do about access to capital, uh, access to contracts, but access to relationships—that that's huge. What could you say, Aubrey, on your parting remarks on how you know we as chamber presidents can help small business people, you know, get those access and what they need to do to connect with us? Well, you know, we don't we don't use probably one of the next to, next to money. Probably one of the most precious things we have is human resources, mm-hmm. and 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 the, and the the bottom line is I I try to act as a as a conduit and a connector for all of our chambers at the local and regional level. Give you I.E. an example. 
uh, somebody's trying to do business with the state of California. I don't know where to start, who to go to. Maybe Carl don't know where to start or who to go to. But I sit, and as a matter of fact, I don't sit. I am the co-chair of the DGS Small Business Council. So if I have a name that is referred to me by your chamber, and these people are certified with the state of California, then I'm going to be advocating for that member in order to mm-hmm. get an opportunity to be in the room to get a fair shot at a business proposition. Now, you know, and, and before I move further, let me say, Carl, I hope that you have me back at some point in the future so I can talk about the set-asides that are in place for people to do business up to a quarter million dollars without going through the bid process. That, that's huge. But a lot of people don't even understand it, don't know it, don't know how it works, and don't know if they can get in that game. But second to DGS, I also have the privilege of being on the high-speed rail board, which they have a meeting on Thursday. Got the same leverage, the same, the same access. But through your chamber, these people become affiliated with the connections and the relationships. Man. And I can't overemphasize, yes, you can do it alone. I'm not saying anybody can do it alone. But if I had the opportunity to go from San Jose to Los Angeles, I would rather do it with a map than to be trying to figure out stopping at every gas station, am I going the right way? So, oh, I mean, man. that's a simple analogy of how this whole process works. Well, man, Aubrey, we, man, Aubrey that was fantastic. We've got to bring you back. So we're just going to close on that, and we're just going to wrap it up, but we're going to bring Aubrey back again. We thank everybody for, for listening, and we invite you to come back again to Silicon Valley Business Connections. This is Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr., brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com, or call 408-288-8806. Now, back to Silicon Valley Business Connections. Hey, we're back, and this is Carl Davis Jr. again with my friend and producer, Carl Wells. Hey, KW, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. It's good to be back. <laughs> well, we've got a really good part of the show here today. We're going to introduce a gentleman that um, not only do I have a good working relationship, I consider him a good friend. His name is Dennis King, and Dennis King is the president of the Silicon Valley Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And Dennis is going to tell us things that uh, I love to hear, his stories about the days of uh it was called John Carlos and Tommy Smith and him at San Jose State. And, and what's happening, uh, you know, with small businesses? So, Dennis, how are you doing this morning? Very good. It's a great day, Carl. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Well, me and KW, we're just, uh, you know, just sitting here just, you know, waiting to hear some of the stuff you're going to share with us, Dennis. But give us just a little background on the first one. Who is Dennis King? That's a good question. I hope I won't put you to sleep. No. <laughs> Just somebody who has a real passion for serving the community and has been doing it for a very long time. Well, Dennis, I know in your position of uh, the Hispanic Chamber president and your heart for small businesses, just give us a little history, though, about that San Jose State stuff that you did years ago. And and what was the political climate and what was the small business climate back then? So actually, even before my San Jose State days, I was active at Foothill College where I was the student body president and a regional president back then, in the days of great transformation, uh, days when, you know, back in 67, 68, uh, it seemed like the whole world was changing. Mm. We're going through the assassinations of, of Kennedy and King, and, and uh, so many things were taking place 
uh, all the way around the world. I mean, there, there was a world going on. I mean, a war going on. Mm -hmm. uh, so many of our young people were questioning uh, the validity of that. Mm -hmm. Certainly, the draft caused a number of questions to be raised. It seemed like it was at best taxation without representation because so many young people were being drafted and yet they were not able to vote. And that kind of led into my involvement in the Vote 18 campaign, uh, the movement to change the Constitution of the state of California and the Constitution of the United States by lowering the voting age from 21 to 18. So I helped start and I headed up the movement in California and ultimately we teamed up with others across the country and ultimately succeeded. Uh, it took a, a few years for that to happen. And in the process, it really kind of put me in touch with essentially the civil rights movement because it was an extension of the civil rights movement. Wow. So um, I had a chance to visit most of the colleges in California and participate in a lot of the active movements. Certainly in those days, uh, the legacy that was born from uh, San Jose State's Speed City that got international attention, of course, when when Tommy and John raised their fists, their fists in, a, mm. in a symbol uh, that really galvanized attention and certainly raised lots of questions in terms of the legitimacy of what, of what we're doing as a country and raised a lot of other questions uh, throughout uh, dealing with civil rights issues. Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time that even the, the days before that with Selma, raised questions about uh, segregation and, and what we tolerated as a country and, and how that needed to be challenged. So in so many ways, the status quo was being challenged to say, it's a question of justice. There should not be things like uh, segregation. Mm. You've got such great extremes. You had the, you talk about the Trump of his day was George Wallace, who really espoused hate when he even then was arguing segregation then, segregation forever. Um, it's something that a good number of us really had a very hard time understanding and needed mm. to stand up against that. Man. There were other movements going on simultaneously. Uh, uh, the Chicano movement was really coming of age. Uh, and you saw that in a very simple, straightforward organizer by the name of Cesar Chavez, who was trying to lead a grape boycott against the major agricultural interests at the time. Now, all of this was going on all at the same time. Of course, young people really uh, made statements about their own culture. Uh, not only the hippies in San Francisco in the late 60s, but the music and so much of the styles were, were dramatically changing. So I think anybody who was half awake in those days realized that, that the world was changing and that they should respond accordingly. And so a good part of that is... Um, I got and the more I got involved in the Vote 18 campaign, and I recognized that what we were doing was really tied to to our history, to us as a nation. That the youth suffrage movement, as we called it, was not terribly different than the black suffrage movement of 100 years before that, or the women's suffrage movement of 50 years before that. And the parallels uh, were just truly amazing. Um, and it was in all of those experiences and meeting people like. James Baldwin, or vocally David Harris and Joan Baez, and the people that were challenging our view of ourselves uh, really kind of opened my eyes and, and uh, really encouraged me to make a commitment of my life toward justice. Wow. And that's been probably the cornerstone of it ever since. Wow, Dennis. That's a, man, that is wonderful. That's a, 
It's a deep history. Now, here's a funny side of it. I guess Hillary Clinton can be mad at you that you got all this vote 18, those young folks, to uh, to start voting now, and she's she's struggling trying to get that vote. <laughs> well, uh, of the two, she certainly deserves it. I mean, to me, I, I, I do believe that because of the 26th Amendment that lowered the voting age to 18, that's how come that's one of the major reasons why Barack Obama became president of this country. Yeah, I believe that, too. Well, that's so funny that you would go there. And I'm a segue from the young folks uh, with social media to talking about small business and then how young people getting into small business. That would be a very interesting topic. So I don't know how much uh, time you want to spend on that, Dennis. But I'd like to talk to you about the small business issues that you saw in those days when you were uh, back in the 90s or whenever that was, that, that, that's when I was around in 1990, and, and the small business issues that you're seeing today. I mean, I just believe some of those things are still the same, but I want to hear from you and your perspective of that. Well, a good part of small business is really about economic justice. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, when people want to be able to sustain their families. Um, if they can't get a traditional job, what do they do? Uh, one of the things that they do is they band their resources together and find something to sell, uh, usually to friends or to family, and, and hopefully build on that. Um, it's also uh, uh, small businesses historically, but especially recently, uh, it tends to be the bridge from immigrants uh, to this country, uh, ultimately to from the immigrant community to mainstream. So it's more than just an economic activity. Uh, it certainly has an impact on, on many, many aspects. Um, and you see that particularly locally. I mean, the demographics of this county has significantly changed. So back in 1970, a census indicated that the 84% of the population was white European American, 84%. Mm. Uh, today, it, uh, white European Americans are about maybe 30 32 mm-hmm. percent. So it's significantly changed. In this county, 38 percent have been identified as being born in a different country. Uh, you add the children uh, to those immigrants and what's often called immigrant stock, you've got over 60 percent of the population uh, that have a different historic perspective, a different cultural perspective than, than what we have traditionally come to view as our How does that get addressed? Well, again, for many immigrants and for those that are outside of mainstream, uh, the way they sustain themselves is by creating and maintaining those small. Well, you know, I'm glad you I'm glad you said that, Dennis, because I believe in culturally relevant sort of teaching relationships, and and that really happens in in business too. Um, I. I just know that um, there was something you did not too long ago, Festival. Did you want to comment a little bit about Festival? Because I, I loved it, and I just want people to know about it and even start preparing for it for next year. And, and any other events that you want to talk about, Dennis? Thank you, Carl. You've been a great advocate for that, and I greatly appreciate that. Festival is really it's a simple business mixture of sorts, except that it's on the celebration of the diversity and the vitality of the small businesses that make up this this overall community. So what we try to do is set the state an event uh, to that, that is free uh, to encourage uh, our celebration of diversity through food, 
this last time we did it a couple weeks ago, we had some 32 different restaurants uh, through music and entertainment, many multicultural expressions of the cultures from which uh, many of our people come from, and of course the diversity of the people who participate itself. So our last event, we had 1,366 people sign up to attend. And the, the basic purpose is for them to connect with one another, to, on an informal basis, uh, spark relationships that can grow into friendships and, and perhaps even some business opportunities that come as a result. But the idea is to, on a very informal basis, allow people to, to, to meet each other in an enjoyable and non-threatening way and hopefully spark the, the kind of dialogues that lead to a, a stronger relationship in the, in the future. Man, I love that, Dennis. Dennis, we probably got about a minute. I want you to share with people how they can get more information. And because uh, at the end of the day, when this is over, we're going to put it up on our website, blackchamber.com, and we're going to call it a podcast. You know, who is Dennis King? But uh, what would people do to connect with you, Dennis? Uh, how would they connect with the Silicon Valley Hispanic Chamber of Commerce? Well, probably the easiest thing to do is just to call us whenever they get a chance. And the phone number is 408 408- Two four eight four eight zero zero. Again, four zero eight two four eight four eight zero zero. They can request to be put on our email list, and our email newsletter that goes out almost weekly uh, announces our various activities as well as our workshops and other kinds of ways to help uh, economic development of our local community. Well, we want to end this on uh, letting folks know that they can connect with our Chambers of Commerce. And, Carl, you got anything to say because we're wrapping it up. I just want everyone to know that when I grow up, I want to be just like Dennis. Because Dennis is one of the most fantastic <laughs> persons I've ever known, and he's a great leader. So thank you, Dennis. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you, Carl. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis, Jr., and brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com or call 408-288-8806. That's 408-288-8806. Copies of our podcast are available online at blackchamber.com. If you would like to know more about a specific guest or make recommendations for upcoming guests and topics, email info at blackchamber.com. Keeping you connected. Silicon Valley Business Connections. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.